And would you clap really loud and make our guests feel welcome? Pastor Tom Trimble from St. Louis, Missouri. Wow. This is fun. Thank you, Pastor Myers. Love this church. I love uh, your pastor. We have been friends for a while. I love Gregory and Luke and Sophia and Sister Pastor. Man, this is a great family. Hey, not everybody has great leadership like you do. Bishop Myers, this is a great, you're very blessed. I hope you know that. Turn to somebody and say, we have the best here. Like two or three people so I can have time to go to the keyboard. Just tell two or three people we're blessed with the best right here. I'm 
the King of Kings. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. My son writes more of the worship songs and I'm more of a storyteller than my psalms. self-made man I find that hard to believe as I created every living soul I've watched you as you hoard and grab still there's nothing in your hands and at night your heart is empty, dark, and cold. But you will need somebody sometime that's bigger than yourself. When your own kingdom crumbles at your feet, I'll be standing there with nail-scarred hands Stripes upon my back Just in case You want to turn To me I saw Ma'am I know that hurting look And I see it in your eyes Precious family Didn't turn out Like you planned All the things you've tried to hold on to, they seem to slip away. Won't you just try holding to my hand? Because you will need somebody sometime that's bigger than yourself. When your own kingdom crumbles at your feet I'll be standing there with nail-scarred hands stripes upon my back just in case you want to turn to me 
I saw you many years ago in a different place and time when I paid to wash your every sin away. I was hoping then and I hope today you take the chance I made but I went ahead and died for you in case cause you will lead somebody sometime that's bigger than yourself when your own kingdom crumbles at your feet I'll be standing there with nail-scarred hands, stripes upon my back, just in case you want to turn to me. Oh, I'll be standing there with nail-scarred hands, stripes upon my back, just in case. You want to turn to me. Why don't you turn to me? Thank the Lord. Come on, don't you believe that's the right decision? That's the right choice? Hallelujah. Come on, clap your hands all over this. Thank God. Thank God. Some time ago, my wife and I traveled through the city of Monterey, California. We ate a fish and chips dinner in an outdoor cafe on Cannery Road. We saw the Cannery Road statue dedicated to the characters that came to life in the book of the same name that was penned by John Steinbeck in 1945. You can go ahead and put my title screen up if you like. The Painted Boat is what I'm going to talk about today. Out of curiosity, because we were on vacation, I found and purchased a paperback copy of the book, Cannery Row. Read it over the next few days. I didn't particularly like the book, but I enjoyed the occasional turn of phrase here and there. The book has no plot. I like books with a plot. Story has no clear resolution. The pages do not work toward an end or a purpose. And as the reader, I was simply observing life at the end of the sea and the people who were like driftwood on the margins of society, people on the verge of loneliness depending on one another for survival. One of the reasons I didn't like the book is because it lacks a dreamer. Along with Mac and the boys and Doc and Lee Chong, the most dramatic character could be a man named Henry. 
Henry is an artist that constructs a boat that he's afraid to sail. This character in Steinbeck's book, Cannery Row, intrigued me. The story follows the adventures of Mac and the boys, a group of unemployed yet resourceful men who inhabit a converted fish meal shack on the edge of a vacant lot down on the row. And Henry, I'm going to quote some of the book, uh, wrote about Henry, and, and uh, one of the characters said, that, that painter guy, he came back to the palace. Yes, said Doc. He's still building his boat? For seven years that I know of, blocks rotted out and he made concrete blocks. Every time he gets it nearly finished, he changes it and starts over again. I think he's nuts. Seven years on a boat? Doc was sitting on the ground pulling off his rubber boots. You don't understand, he said gently. Henry loved boats, but he's afraid of the ocean. What's he want a boat for? His friend demanded. He likes boats, said Doc. But suppose he finishes the boat. Once it's finished, people will say, why don't you put the boat in the water? Then if he puts the boat in the water, he'll have to go out in it. And he hates the water. So I have this quote on my slide. So you see, he never finishes the boat so he doesn't ever have to launch it. Henry intrigued me. You know, my, my mother used to say her parents, Bishop, told her, don't ever go near the water until you know how to swim. Well, that's a conundrum. Theodore Roosevelt wrote the famous essay about the man in the arena. I know you've heard it. I'm going to read it again in your hearing. It is not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbled or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by the dust and sweat and blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, who comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error and shortcoming, but who does actually strive to do the deeds, who knows great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, who at best knows in the end the triumph of high achievement, and who at the worst, if he fails, at least fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be with those cold and timid souls who neither know victory nor defeat.
A lot of times we're like Judy. We were on a missions trip to the Philippines, and we went to the island of Barakai. And Barakai, you had to take a plane to get to the bus to get to the boat that took you to Barakai. No vehicles on Barakai, bicycles and maybe motorcycles, I guess, but Barakai. We, so we're getting, we're transferring from the bigger boat to the smaller boat to get to the shore. And Judy, bless her heart, got caught betwixt And at that moment, she had one foot on each boat. And, and one, one was getting farther away. And it presented a dilemma. So, you know, there's only one thing worse than having an embarrassing moment. And that's having an embarrassing moment in front of a large group of your church friends. Because you're never going to hear the end of that, right? It's just going to be part of the lore from then on. And this was one of those situations because Judy started out getting on the boat like this and it, it, it just kept going until the situation was untenable. And... Eventually, Judy went down, came up sputtering, and finally got to the island, not in the shape she wanted to. Oh man, we're there though. There are people in this room like that, right now, trying to hang on to this thing and, and trying to grab on to this thing too and, and, and you really want to live for God and you really want to make the commitment but there's something that's it's just kind of tough and you, you feel you feel the tension you're Henry paint the boat but you never get in it and you're trying, and, and there, there may be, maybe you're new in the Lord, and, and you just made a start, and you feel that tension. You, you gotta, you gotta get on the boat and, and launch out. Psalm 107, 23 through 30 says, Those who go down to the sea in ships, who do business on great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. Not the people painting their boats. Those who go down to the sea in the ships, who do business on, they're going to see the miracles and the wonders in the deep. For he commands and raises the stormy wind which lifts up the waves of the sea. They mount up to the heavens. They go down again to the depths. Their soul melts because of trouble. I'm not saying it's always going to be easy. 
They reel to and fro and stagger like a drunken man. They are at their wit's end. Then they cry out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distresses. He calms the storm so that its waves are still. They are glad because they are quiet. So he guides them to their desired haven. He's going to get you where you want to go. He's going to take you through. But you've got to get the boat launched. Oh, man. Come on, lift your hands right now. Close your eyes. Say, Lord, speak to me in these next few moments. When I was working in the church at Memphis, <clears throat> the man that owned a car dealership, and man, he invited me into his house. Had a sports car that would go zero to 60 in minus two seconds. He took me out in it. And we sped through the golf community that he lived in. And I thought how much his neighbors must hate him. Because we were breaking a lot of laws right then. I'm, tell, I'm telling you, we were going. We were, we were zooming, man. And I walked into his house. A beautiful grand piano greeted me there. And you walk past the, the huge kitchen and to the built-in pool off of his kitchen. It was indoor, you know, big pool. And then, you know, I got the whole grand tour. And, and he, he was, he was, uh, he was something. But I'm among the one that met with his daughter that was hooked on drugs. And his son, who was in deep trouble. And I wanted to say, what are you doing? What, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing fine. Everything's good in my life, man. A lot of money last year. Nice finish, isn't it? Man, isn't that beautiful? But your daughter is stealing from your wife to pay for her drugs. Yeah, but doesn't my boat look good? Oh, you thought you were just coming to church today, huh? I'm up in your grill right now. What are you doing? Your son's just been carted off to jail. Arrested. What, what are you doing? Uh, just painting my boat. Look nice. I rushed to the hospital when he had a heart attack. What are you doing, man? Oh, I'm in trouble, preacher. What are you going to do about it? That's medicine. Have a surgery. 
It's nice, doesn't it? I wish I could tell you that one day he launched that boat and said, I'm sick of this. I've invested in everything but my family and my walk with God, and I have everything and I have nothing. And I can't put my head on my pillow at night because my life is a wreck. And I wanted to say, Henry! Would you just get in the boat? We had another lady always, always bought fresh flowers every week for the church. Every two weeks, beautiful. It had to be a thousand dollar arrangement. It seemed like just in front of the pulpit every week, man. It was it was gorgeous. She threw a party at her house that cost a half a million dollars every Christmas, and and I, I was invited. I was you know I went. She asked me to play the piano out front with a top hat on, but I didn't I didn't go for that. Uh, but I I was invited to attend. And I attended horse-drawn carriages, and if you didn't want the horse-drawn carriage, they'd take you in a limousine. And we'd go in, and, and, and she tried to hire Michael Bolton to sing at it, but I don't guess he goes to North Mississippi a lot. And, uh, and you know, covered over the swimming pool to have the party, and every year, half a million dollar party. I'm not preaching against Affluence. I'm preaching against painting your boat. Because all the fresh flowers ain't going to save your soul. You can give your token offering, but he wants your soul. He wants your heart. He wants you to get in the boat and say, all right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make a commitment. I'm going to go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to repent of my sins. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get baptized in Jesus' name. I've heard about this. I'm going to live forever somewhere. And I can't spend all my life just trying to pretty up what I've got. Painted boats have never felt their bow split the cool water, their bow, I mean. I want to tell you something. Indifference is a silent killer. Indifference is a silent killer. You can have it. It can attack you in the church. You can be around church all your life, but apathy will anesthetize you into a spiritual coma. Somebody hear me today. Ain't enough to be around the church. I tell my church all the time, it don't make you a Christian when you stand in the church any more than standing in your garage makes you an automobile. Oh, no. You thought you were going to get the day off and everything, right, huh? I'm coming for you. Fear can paralyze someone into thinking they got to have it all together before they launch out. That's not the truth. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to know who the beast is in the book of Revelation to give your heart to God. Why don't you just repent of your sins and say, God, I'm tired of fooling around. I'm tired of having one foot in the world and one foot trying to get in the church. I'm I'm tired of the tension, and I'm tired of the, the trouble. I just got to quit painting the boat and get in it and launch out. Apathy is expensive. The painted boat is your life unlaunched. The paint is your busyness. 
Whatever else you're doing that keeps you from God's destiny. I said, whatever else you're doing that's keeping you from God's destiny. Yes, there is risk in leaving the shore behind. But new life is waiting. Yes, there's going to be storms. But Jesus is just going to help you and bring you through. I'm not promising you it's always going to be easy. There are going to be a few storms come up. There are going to be a couple of rough times. It doesn't guarantee you smooth sailing. But why waste your life painting your boat? Matthew is tired of painting his boat. This tax collecting thing, it's not, it's not all it cracked up to be. Simon Peter was done painting his boat. He had a literal one. I, I got to make my life count. Forget this. Bartimaeus was tired of painting his boat. He could have just stayed right there. But he said, no, I want change right now. I need Jesus right now. I am not satisfied where I am. I have got to launch out into the deep. Because that's where you see the wonders of God. Simon Peter, if you believe me, step out of the boat. Step out of the boat. Those other guys, you can say what you want about him sinking, but he was the only one that had the nerve to get out. Cast on the other side. Do what God tells you. And you're going to see great things. Those who go down in the sea to the sea in ships, who do business at great waters, they see the works of the Lord and his wonders in the deep. When you launch, you see God's works and his wonders. When you launch... There will be storms. They cry out to the Lord in their trouble, and he brings them out of their distresses. When you launch, though, there will be great victories. He calmed the storm so that the waves are still. When you launch, you will see God's power. Then they are glad because they are quiet, and he guides them to their desired heaven. When you launch, he will guide you to your destiny. When you launch, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Would you stand? In a nutshell, this is what I'm saying, and I think I got it on the screen. God's best is on the other side of your action. I said God's best is on the other side of your action. So here's the deal. This message applies to everybody. If you don't know God, it's time to quit painting your boat and say, I'm all in. If you've known God and you know there's more that he has for you, tired of being comfortable, I'm not going to, oh man, I got kids in my church. One called me up and said, Pastor, signed up for AYC to go to Australia this year, missions trip. 
And she said, you know, instead of 10 days, I'm thinking about going to Africa for six months on AIM. 17 years old. 18 years old. I said, well, what's your end goal? She said, I see myself as a missionary. I said, man, don't go on that 10-day tour to Australia. Go to Africa for six months. For, I mean, I'm all for AYC, but listen, if you're launching out, let's launch out. Get some real experience. And so she's headed to Africa, 18 years old, talking to young people that give yourself a pass because you're young. My skateboarding skills are really up there, man. I can sink a basket from half court. Yeah, that's awesome. How about launching out? How about somebody at your high school? I'm challenging you today. Because you're going to see God's best when you act. And all of us can do that this morning. If you've never repented, you can repent this morning. If you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, that's the only way in the Bible it ever happened. You look at your history book, that's also what happened in the first century in history. If you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, it's for you today. Now, you got a choice. You can leave here with your brush in hand. Or you could say, Oh, God, I submit myself to you. Please have your way in my life. Come on, would you come right now? Would you come right now? Leave your paintbrush in your pew. Would you come right now? Oh, God. Oh, God. I want to say yes to you. I want to say yes to you. Pastor can't do it for you. The youth leader can't do it for you. Quiz coach can't do it for you. Choir leader can't do it for you. Come on, Henry. It's time to launch out into the deep. I'm going to see wonders. I'm going to see wonders. I'm going to see wonders in the deep. I'm going to see miracles. I'm going to see God make a way out of no way. I'm going to see God do miraculous things. Thank you for challenging us for a hundred souls. I know God's going to touch this city. Would you let him talk to you right now? Come on, go, 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 go. Go right now. In the name of Jesus. He knows exactly where you are, and he knows exactly where he wants you to go. Would you just say yes to Jesus right now? God, you've talked to me about giving. 
You've talked to me about going. You've talked to me, Lord. I want to say yes to you. I want to launch out. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of where I am. I'm so tired of a painted boat. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, make that prayer real. Make it real. Talk to him from your heart. Be honest with him. God, this is where I am, but I know you're calling me deeper. I know you're calling me deeper. I know you're calling me to more commitment. I know I've been treading water, Lord. I know I've been painting my blood. Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, the Lord's moving right now all over this room. Young people, middle-aged people, there's adults, seniors. God's calling you. God's calling you. He's worth it. He's worth it. I'm going to see the works of God in the deep. I'm going to see the works of God in the deep.
Yeah, yeah. 